Hello and welcome to Mega City Book Club, the podcast all about the galaxy's greatest comics. I'm Eamon Clark, and like the proverbial bad penny, the irrepressible Pete Wells Block is back on the podcast again. Hello, Pete. I'm naked. Hello. <laughs> The joy, can't believe it. the joys of having the blur filter on the uh, the Zoom call. <laughs> so, Pete, this is a bit unexpected because we weren't supposed to be doing another one yes. for about a year when we we're going to do From Hell, which will be a major undertaking. But <laughs> so spectacular. Thanks to Chloe at or Penguin Random House Audiobooks, we got sent an advanced copy of the Judge Dread America audiobook, which uh, literally has launched <laughs> today as we record, the 4th of March 2021. Uh, and we both had a chance to listen to it. Yes, America, I, I don't think I'd heard that one before. <laughs> <laughs> we how many times can we review America? Well, we'll come to that in a minute. It's the Judge Dredd story that we just can't stop talking about. Let's do it very quickly. Wagner, Ennis, McNeil, Burns, Higgins and Anderson. There's work from all of them featured in this audio. It was adapted by Chris Thompson and Kate McDonald at Penguin or Random House Audio, uh, directed by Chris Thompson with music by Kate McDonald, sound designed by Chris Thompson. I think basically the pair of them, they did all of it. Um, (laughs) We should mention Joseph Fiennes from Shakespeare in Love and uh, The Handmaid's Tale plays Dread. Becca Stewart is America and Matthew Jacobs Morgan is Bennett Beanie. So, Pete, tell us, first of all, last time we talked about two new versions that came out uh, um, last year of America, one of which gave us John Wagner's insight and context but the other one which i think is relevant the essential judge dread very much placed the story right in the middle of the democracy arc and it's a yes. decision that they've they've gone the same way with for this isn't it yes well i was delighted because i, I naively i thought that this america audio book was only going to be america so when i've pressed play and it started off with a letter from a Democrat. I was like, oh, wow, it's, it's the essential America. So it's that whole wonderful democracy arc that we discussed just a few weeks ago. Um, they've adapted all of those stories. I, I naively thought it was just going to be Colin McNeil and John Wagner's America. And we've got letter from a Democrat and democracy now and politics and America and better the devil you know and Twilight's last gleaming so we get the whole um, arc and so that was a a real pleasant surprise for me and what a, a fantastic job they've done of it I must say it is and I thought myself I thought we're going to get America 2 and America 3 which yes. I was less sure about but no as you say they've chosen the democracy arc America becomes the middle part of the story uh, but yes we get the whole arc and how wonderful to have it uh, <laughs> as an audiobook in our ears it's fabulous and the the production values are phenomenal aren't they so um 
Sorry, what was the lady called that, that was in charge? Kate McDonald and Chris Thompson. Not yes, the Chris Thompson um, that you and I probably know from comics, and he's been on this podcast, yeah. but another, <laughs> another 2000 AD Chris Thompson. And, and I was watching the Thrill cast with them this morning. Right. Um, and, and that was really interesting, and they were going into the challenges that they faced putting this thing together. But it's... Um, it's Hollywood quality for your ears. It's it's so good. The the production values are brilliant, and the I know we're going to get to the actors a bit later on, but the you know the the talent that they've got doing the the voice works fantastic. But I thought it was it was really smart, and we're talking about context here. Um, and yes, you got the essential America collection, so it was that that real rounded. Um, look at at democracy in Dred's world. I think um, I know that that me and you have, have debated quite quite often about if America is the right place for people to start. Yes, and um, I think I may have lost some objectivity there with us reading Dread all my life. Um, because I thought listening to this adaption, when you're hearing Dread say lots of underhand and devious things, and you haven't got a lot of context of um, the sort of more heroic aspects of his character, um, even though we know that he's deep down a, a horrible fascist, but when you haven't grown up on that journey of Dread, when I was listening to this, I was thinking, oh, yes, some new people might have difficulty relating to dread and i thought particularly um there's that sort of odd shift between america and then we're going to better the devil you know and twilight's last gleam and in in i think in our timeline kind of we've seen necropolis and the dead man and we've seen the fallout of of all of that and how the, the judges acted. And so we can see um, a bit more of the context behind Dred's changing heart with the democracy. And, and I guess you didn't get that as much in this and obviously in that essentials book. And I just wondered if perhaps uh, a little recap between or an update between the America storyline and the, then the Better the Devil You Know storyline, which was the referendum part if there could have been that fantastic narrator that they've got could have just given you like uh, in the intervening years uh, this happened and that happened and Dread goes from being an underhand bastard for two thirds of this audio drama to then he calls the referendum and 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 I think you did need a bit of context there, and it is something that I've kind of missed. Oh right, I see the progression of Dred's yeah. doubts himself and his own yes. questioning. Yes, mm-hmm. okay. I should mention the, the narrator's Patterson Joseph, who's one of my favourite actors, and uh, yes, he's wonderful, isn't he? He's brilliant at channeling. He's uh, I mean, he's uh, Johnson from Peepshow is is where I know him. Right. Um, <laughs> But he's challenging his uh, channeling his Morgan Freeman very much in yeah. this, isn't he? And I and I thought it was it was really smart the use of the narrator because 
when we spoke about the the collection in in the previous podcast, I think we did mention something around um, the use of um, dialogue boxes for lots of the Garth Ennis strips and the lack of um, or panel description, sorry, boxes for the earlier tales and the Wagner and Grant tales. And then it comes across in this that um, the narrator's got very little to do earlier on in the book, in the in the audio book, but then he's quite sort of prevalent in in the last tale. I found that really quite interesting. It, it, he's, he's barely heard up until... Till the sort of latter half of the the audio book, yes. it was interesting. Yeah. So that was the difference in in the writing styles of the writers. So that came across. Um, but he's great. Uh, he was a real standout for me. The the narrator. Good. Um, I will, I'll come back to him in a moment. I'm going to ask you yes. another question about context, Pete, because I've also been listening to the Thrillcast um, with Chris Thompson and Kate McDonald today, and. Um, I'll mention that this has had a fairly quick turnaround. I think they started yeah. recording in early January and it's now early March and it's released. But the one thing that really struck me they talked about, um, you'll probably know what I'm going to say, was that as they started recording, it was January the 6th and the in uh, Washington, the uh, invasion of the yeah. Capitol building took place. And it, <laughs> it strikes me that this particular adaptation of America um the context of our own democracy being somewhat fragile as we've discovered in in last years or so pete um, yeah. <laughs> does it seem even more relevant than when john wagner wrote it 30 years ago yeah it, it, again it shows the the soothsaying qualities of of mr wagner and in, in 2000 AD as a whole doesn't it it, it was really quite uh, quite chilling listening to it wasn't it and um a kind of when we get the the start of um better the devil you know and, and the, the citizen is trying to suss out the the voting com computer when he gets to talk to barney and he asks about explaining the the referendum and it's a real comic comedic moment in the in the comic um but it was quite chilling to listen to because democracy had died, and <laughs> and uh, and when we get the results of of the vote, which which is something again I touch on later on, like nine percent of the citizens voted for democracy, and and when you look at, at the events that happened across the pond, um, a large percentage of um, those people. A doubt in democracy, a, a questioning whether it is legitimate, whether it happened, and it's it is. It's it's really chilling. It is, <laughs> isn't it? It does seem, um, particularly for this moment, this audio book seems astonishingly yes. relevant. And again, mm -hmm. I'll mention what Mike Mulcher said about Judge Dredd. He said, you know, they often have to say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's a judge straight as a warning, not a manual. Yeah, that um, was funny. Yeah, <laughs> um, I know. And um, you know, the the opposite side of the coin, we had our own very democratic referendum, which shows you know democracy in action and and how it doesn't go the way everybody wants. <laughs> so it is a very fragile and very 
you know, dangerous beast. But, yes, it <laughs> is. But we have to respect it, you know. It, it's important. It's it's vital to us. But uh, so seeing um, both sides of democracy, it's it, it is. It's so relevant. So relevant. We'll talk about the other 2080 stories they've got coming out as audio, but it does seem astonishingly uh, timely to lead off with um, America yes. and this particular, um, as you say, the sort of essential America, the, the, the democracy storyline. It's just, mm-hmm. um, it's quite astonishingly and powerful, really listening yeah. to, it, isn't it? It really is. Um, and that's what struck me with this collection was. Um, the power of some of these stories. So um, with them, thankfully, doing the essential America, starting with um, the letter from a Democrat with Hester Hyman, that particular tale was told fabulously in this. um, The actress portraying Hester Hyman was superb. Um, And I had goosebumps with with the ending of that one, it was superb. It's um, quite gut wrenching, really, isn't it? That story. Oh, it is. It is. It's always been a fear, um, and and it just made the transition perfectly. And I think um, what was interesting with these stories is like having a framing device. Yeah. Because it, it it's hard to tell a story in, in audio, isn't it? So that one where it's. A letter you've got that that narrative device which lent itself really well and um what i found really quite um strange for me was in this collection the the one that i connected with the least was the actual america tale right and and i've thought about it and the reason why is because um, the others work so well because they're set um, over a very brief period of time. So it's like a, a self-contained um, sort of narrative, you know, it's a, a single event or a, a short number of events, but with um, the America story being set over decades, it kind of, although it was still emotionally very powerful and, and gut-wrenchingly awful, um, the other stories had an, a real tension and urgency in them and, like, real edge-of-your-seat stuff. Um, so I just I just found that interesting. Like, I, I still adored America, of course, but the others, because of the shorter time period, worked really well for us. Mm. So um, we'll talk a little bit about the production, because, as you've said, it's astonishingly good production values the sound design the music are fantastic um now whenever we get an adaptation of a comic book pete we (laughs) often come up against this problem of how people see their character or hear the character in their heads um did you have i mean let's talk about the actors involved Uh, let's start with dread himself and joseph fines playing him how did you find his version of dread um, I thought, um, obviously a first rate actor, um, his voice wasn't Dredd's voice in my head. Um, he had a very, he's got a real kind of New York drawl to his, 
his accent when he's playing Dread. Um, and he's, I think he's sort of channeling a bit of um, Clint Eastwood in it. He's like quite softly spoken, isn't he? Yes. Um, but I, I personally, I thought that um, like um, he lacked sort of menace and authority in his voice. So I think Dread could be very much talk like Clint Eastwood, but Clint Eastwood has that kind of menacing tone to his voice. And I just didn't get it with, um, with oh, so- uh, Joseph. I thought he was, he was still did it. So he did a fantastic job. The, the the bits that I was really looking forward to were the little monologues or yes. the little vignettes from America. Yeah. And I wanted them to be dripping with menace and um, like he, one of the things Dread often sees when he's got uh, rupees and that is how um, the uh, quickly take authority. And I didn't find that authority so much in, in Dredd's voice. He was very, he, he was a bit too softly spoken for me. Okay. I mean, I'm excited. I'm, I'm definitely going to, like, I love this and I'm going to buy the pit and I want to see if it's different in that. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I did, I've, I've read a couple of things today that people said he wasn't quite, uh, the gravelly dread that they were expecting but actually strangely I had a different um, take on it from yourself Pete because I felt because he wasn't doing the sort of exaggerated comic voice I yes. found him more chilling and believable as dread the sneaky underhand yeah you know when Chief Judge Silver says to him you write the law on this one dread and I got this real sort of chilling, uh, determined lawman who was going to do whatever it takes to destroy the democracy movement. So I was actually quite taken with it all. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't. I thought he he was, the the acting was still great, but I just, it's difficult, isn't it? It Um, is, yeah. To divorce yourself from from the voice in your head. Um, I certainly... Um, and, and it was something that, that I know we'll get onto again, but um, he's easily my favourite um, audio dread voice. Right. Um, I think you're right, that exaggerated comic book voice. Uh, I could never get away with um, Christian Bale Batman because everything's like this. <laughs> Stop Even doing that like, voice. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to the for a cup of tea and like. And the other audio dreads have had that similar quality where he can't have a conversation without sounding like he's constipated. Yeah. It's like, and so it was nice to hear a much more natural voice. Um, I just wanted it like, um, so when I listened to it, um, the judge on the bike that um, puts the fear of grud in there. Young Bennett Beanie and America Beanie yes. had that. He really had, like, like I listened to him and I thought he could be dread for me. Oh, um, right. But there's always been that slight question as to whether that was dread or whether it was just the generic street judge, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, in, in my head, though, uh, dread is Clint Eastwood as well. So. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't all to one. Like, I thought Carl Urban did a very good 
Clint Eastwood impression, <laughs> and that's why I liked him so much. And I, and I thought that uh, Joseph was pretty much on the right lines. Just I really want to hear him say, "I'm a stickler." At right. the start of the pit. Okay. And see if that sells. See how that goes. <laughs> well, um, yeah. let's turn to the other actors because uh, for me, Pete, I've never had a voice for America or Benny Beanie or Hester Hyman or even Blondel Dupre in my head. So, what did you think of all the other performances? Um, I thought the standout performance for me um, was Blondel Dupre. I thought. She was wonderful. Uh, Lawrence Bouvard, is it? Uh, yeah, Lawrence Bouvard. She was phenomenally good. Um, like All the acting was first rate, but she really stood out for me. I thought she was brilliant. Um, they did very well at, at getting um, really recognisable voices in because they kept cropping up throughout the book and straight away you knew who it was. Yeah. Um, so I thought she was brilliant. I thought uh, Bennett Bainey was wonderful. Um, America Jarrett O'Hara, uh, she didn't quite make it for me. I thought she sounded a bit too chirpy and cheerful and not quite tortured enough. <laughs> like by the end, right? She she'd got it, but for a lot of the the story, she was a bit too too nice sounding for me but that's just again it's what's in your head and it's, you know there's no right or wrong answer there because it doesn't really exist no um and how great to have hester what, hyman's letter starting it off oh yeah i mean she was the the, the other standout that that was great and so was god hyman was brilliant as well yes. the husband yeah um the thing that um was a little knocked us for six. Um, I noticed when I listened to it because I listened to it twice. Um, I think they've got Chief uh, Chief Judge McGruder as a bloke. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I think um, so. I wonder if because they've obviously gone off the the boat. I wonder if they've seen the beard and thought that <laughs> um, he's a male. Um, oh, I missed that bit. She's yeah, so that made us chuckle a bit. <laughs> uh, so that's something to to listen out for. But I thought, you know, all of the voices were great, and and my goodness, there's a, a democratic march of sixteen million people, and then later on a, a democratic march of two million people, and they captured it, they, they did it yeah. <laughs> in two months. My word, what a feat. <laughs> and, and yes, and they've talked, again, you and I both listened to the Thrillcast, they talked about some of the uh, sound design, but also about Joseph Fiennes at the end of a day of uh, his performance where they, got, they recorded him doing basically fight noises or grunt and, you know, noises. Yeah, it, with grace. Yes, thrown himself into it, apparently. So, yeah, <laughs> fantastic stuff. And, you know, we can't say enough how professional this has been done. You know, this is really top-quality stuff, isn't it? It really is. Um, I'm certainly buying the rest, you know, and I'll buy this one as well. But I'm sold on these. The best audio adaptions I've, I've heard. Well, let's just mention the other big uh, audios from Big Finish, which I guess must be... 
Is it nearly 20 years ago, Pete, or more? Oh, is it? I don't know. It's, it's quite a while, isn't it, since oh, they were out? Oh. <laughs> I feel so old now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so that had Toby Longworth as Dread. Yes. And they were slightly um, more yes. comic booky, weren't they? Yes. Um, so he, yeah, he was like the Christian Beals Red, wasn't he? Yes. Everything's like this. Um, the but uh, you know I enjoyed them at the time, but but again, yes, he couldn't uh, make a sandwich without sounding like he was having a seizure. It was uh, it was sometimes difficult to, to listen to and take seriously. What what's interesting with Big Finish was. Um, they were new stories, and so the, they were able to play about with some of the, the narrative structures of them. So some of them were like interviews and um, interrogations or, or something like that to get their story across, but they um, didn't have a narrator, and that which is why I think with these penguin ones, the smart choice was to have a narrator because in the big, the difference with the big finish ones, everything was sort of tell, don't show. Right. So dread would have to go. I'm getting on my lawmaster to go to such and such a block past that crowd of people. And it, like he had to tell you everything where smartly um, penguin have, got that narrated to actually be able to just fill in some of them blanks instead of having to have stiff engineered dialogue to do that job. Um, but I think, yes, there's there's a world of difference between the big Finnish audios and these. And just the very fact that, that they're written by um, the, the main comic authors is a boon, isn't it? And I know that um, Dave Bishop wrote quite a few of those big Finnish ones, and they were fine. But these are the kind of landmark tales, aren't they? So there's a difference. Yes. And, I mean, you know, how remarkable for John Wagner to have written that letter, uh, and it makes the perfect um, introduction for an audio. It's yeah. almost like he was, you know, <laughs> he was <laughs> writing for this audio for 30 years later. Yes, brilliant. Do you remember the Radio <laughs> 1 Dirk Maggs adaptations that they did? Fortunately, yes. Um, <laughs> well, funnily enough, in preparation for this tonight, I wanted to remind myself of, of Toby Longworth, so I did a, a search for that, and I couldn't find any. Um, I know I've got it on my iTunes. I've got them all. But um, the Radio 1 adaption did come up on, on YouTube, and I had a literally a, a five-second listen, and I got... A bit of constipated dread followed by Walter, and that was enough to just go right. What I would um, find really interesting is um, going forward, if um, ho- the discussed on the Megacast today, hopefully there will be more of these. I wonder if there would do Apocalypse War and um, Kirster perhaps and seeing the difference between the Radio 1 version and (laughs) the Penguin versions would be really interesting. Yeah, okay fascinating. So 
Pete, there's five uh, titles out in this first launch or, you know, this first productions. Obviously, we've been talking about America. You've mentioned The Pit. Um, I'll just mention the others quickly. Slaying the Horned God, uh, The Ballad of Halo Jones and Brink, the first three volumes of Brink. So um, I guess for you, the obvious one out of those is going to be The Pit that you're going to be looking forward to listening to. Really excited. Really, yeah. Um, I want to see. I think as well um, with America being so close to me through this podcast a lot. Like I've read, read it more for this podcast than anything. Um, like I'm so all fear with it that that hearing a, a different version was like a little bit jarring. Whereas the pit, obviously, I've read that a fair few times as well. But it's been a few years since I've read that now, so I'm really excited to to tackle that one. And I think it's less of a contentious subject matter as well, isn't it? It's like dread being dread without the horrible um, undertones of subverting democracy. It's just going to be like sector house chief dread so i'm excited to to hear that when you can root for him a bit more <laughs> yes and to get to hear joseph i and say i'm a stick yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm oh, a yes, stickler I'm really excited to hear that yeah, yeah. <laughs> of the other non you better see it right <laughs> <laughs> of the other non-dread titles uh what what are you looking forward to you say you're going to be getting all of these yeah i'm really interested like what a an undertaking they've done because all of those are complex or um, epic in scale. Yes. Um, so I'm really interested to hear how they, they do the horn god because that's, again, that's going to be battlefields filled with thousands of people and monsters and zombies and warriors. And um really excited to hear how Ugo sounds in that. Um, Halo Jones, like, can they get all of Alan Moore's language and concepts and Ian Gibson's amazing concepts. They did touch on it in that megacast today, didn't they? I can't wait to see how they, they tackle that because that, his, just his playful use of language will be beautiful to listen to. Um, and Brink again, um, the, the different, the, that's kind of like future horror, isn't it? And I'm really excited to hear how how that plays out because it's again another complex and and that can be i think that might be quite scary to listen to so i'm Mm. excited for that and you know what five titles to pick um you know almost the very cream of the crop of um of 2008 titles in a way so yeah i'm really looking forward to those i'm actually i'm halfway through halo jones and with a bit of luck i'll have an episode uh with my daughter jenny out about that next week as well so oh lovely yes (laughs) uh so we're gonna Um, review it again yes great um so a little spoiler warning is she enjoying it I don't know yet. I should have to listen to the podcast. I'm enjoying it, but we'll have to listen to the podcast. Oh, oh right. Sorry, right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm excited for that. So thinking about this then, um, going forward, I know they couldn't answer it in the mega cast today. Have you had any thoughts about future stories that you would like to see? 
So this is oh, like yeah. <laughs> this is like the Grail Page game, but in terms of future yeah, yes. um, <laughs> titles. Um, so I'd be I'd be interested in any of the sort of modern dreads. I'd be interested in Tour of Duty. I think. Yeah. Um, I yep. think this format lends itself particularly to the sort of uh, more modern hard nosed dread. Um, yep. Looking Definitely. outside. Um, I suppose there's a title that you and I have talked about, Pete. There's Button Man, isn't there? Yep. It's like bingo. What what about yourself? Have I chosen yours? You've chosen, yep. I had had Tour of Duty because I would love to see the the mutant issue, that kind of long-form development of the mutant issue. I would love to see them. I hear them tackle that. Um, Day of Chaos, I think, would be timely. What yes. with COVID and everything, that would be absolutely perfect. Um, I would like to hear Necropolis and the Dead Man, but that's just me being greedy. But outside of Dread as well for myself, um, you know, if it could be a, a never-ending um, long-form series, I'd love to, to hear all... 10 or 12 books, whatever it is, of Nikolai Dante. I think that would make really wonderful listening. I would quite like, um, you know, when I was seeing, I found the the shorter stories or the, the stories in a shorter time span um, a bit easier to engage with. Um, I would quite like um, some a collection of like sinister Dexter shorts because the, the dialogue in them are, are fantastic. And there've been some really good self-contained stories. I would love to hear a kind of collection of those. Um, or I was thinking maybe it's a, um, a Sam Slade noir sort of one would be funny, like a comedy noir with, with Sam Slade, Robo Hunter. Um, and then there's again the obvious ones. I'd like to hear a bit of strontium dog portrait of a mutant would be excellent. I think. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's a fantastic picks. Um, yeah. While you mentioned Nicolai Dante, I'll just mention that Simon Fraser with his partner Eddie have started uh, a Nicolai Dante read through podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited for that. I couldn't find it on on iTunes yet um, but I know he'd only announced it last week yes um, it's up on Spotify I'm sure it'll turn up on Apple Podcasts yeah. shortly yeah um, I'm really excited and what's interesting is um, is his partner she turns up in it near the end yes <laughs> so, so it'll be funny when they get to that uh, that um, book She's the is she the news reporter or something? She's she's. I remember being at the end and chuckling at the time, thinking that's his partner there. Um, <laughs> so it'll be fun when they get to that. But I'm, I'm. Have you had a chance to to listen to part one yet? I've listened to part one. Yes, and it is great stuff. And uh, I'm on it's board great. with that. Oh, I'm. I'm really looking forward to it. I've, I've had my head full of. America for the last <laughs> couple of days, though. So yes, because we only, we, you know, we've got this in the last few days, and when you say yeah. you've had a chance to listen to it twice, I've just been through once. So <laughs> I will mention uh, all five titles have launched. They're available through Penguin Random House Audio. Um, the price point, I think, is thirteen pounds each. 
Um, if you've got, is it? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yes, if you've got credits on Audible, you can get them there. Or if you follow the Penguin audiobooks link in the show notes, it will take you to Kobo, where it seems to be £13. That's um, brilliant. Yeah, the Audible pricing is a bit strange sometimes to sort out. Obviously, if you've got a subscription, right. you can pick them up there. But also, most a lot of these uh, services like Kobo and Audible have got free trials as well. So you may be able to get um, some 2000 ADs in your ear. In your ears. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. And going back to America, uh, I'll tell you, Pete, I think I probably enjoyed this version of America um, about as, you know, it's probably the, one of the most enjoyable experiences I've had with the book since I first encountered it 30 years ago. What about yourself? Right. Where would you place it in terms of, you know, our discussions that we've had about this great story over the years? Um, very, very highly. Um, it's it's funny, isn't it, when the thing starts and it says by um, John Wagner, Alan Grant, Garth Ennis, Colin McNeil, John Higgins, and it's nice that they get a credit because obviously they are instrumental, the artists in yes. in the story. But um, it, and listening to it, it was nice. It really, I, I could see the panels and um, it was great. But I, I missed Colin's artwork. You know, um, but the the rest, like like I say, I found um, it, it was a different experience to the comics. It was um, really powerful. The comics were powerful, but these were really powerful and really tense. Um, in the the mega cast today, they were talking about um, how cinematic it was and how um, uh, Nick hadn't taken a breath. Yeah, but he was listening to some of the bits, and I, I certainly got that. I thought it was hugely enjoyable, um, because I'm so awful with the subject matter. It, it kind of sometimes didn't play to me expectations, so that's why I'm really looking forward to the rest um, that I'm not as close to, um, but hugely enjoyable and and um, genuinely a testament that I'm gonna. I mean, I buy everything anyway, but. I, I'm definitely going to buy these today, especially for £13. <laughs> yeah. So, fantastic. Get yourself uh, copies of these Penguin Random House audiobooks. Uh, and let's, you know, let's encourage them to make some more. Cause, um, definitely. Yeah. And I should just mention, Pete, I put this in our notes, that Rebellion, I suppose for a company that's based on video games and digital, they've done, they seem to be doing okay through the pandemic. Yeah. Pandemic. We've got these audio, we've got digital comics, we've got video games. Um, that's got to be good news for us, I guess. Well, I think um, I chuckled when I read that line in the notes because you missed out the first feature film. Yeah, true. Yes, the schools out for it, um, which is even bigger, isn't it? Like if that takes hold, and I, I assume that they're doing well with it. Like think of the money that that might be bringing in for them. Like they're doing very well, aren't they? And what a real forward-facing company they having the that technology as well. You know, the Mandalorian big um, LED screen. Yes, studio. Yeah, the, the, that studio technology that they've got, and they're the first in the country. It just shows 
how forward thinking they are and the more money they make the closer we get to our dread tv series isn't it it is yes <laughs> that's what i'm excited about that's what i'm yeah but hats off to them yeah wasn't it evil geniuses came out recently yes um a, a brilliant time for them good i noticed um the the xbox um the new Xbox console has run some backwards compatibility thing as well. And they're, they're taking all the games and making them a million frames a second and 22K and all of this. And the first four titles that they've announced for backwards compatibility, one of them was Sniper Elite 4. So hopefully that's um, putting some more money in the coffers for, for Rebellion because that's a big release for them as well. So... Fingers crossed that they're yeah that they were <laughs> having a, a boon in the <laughs> in the pandemic. Good, good news for uh, fans of the galaxy's greatest yes. comic. Um, yes, yes, and thank you to Chloe from Penguin uh, Random House Audio for sending us an advanced copy so we could listen to it and review it. Uh, we've had splendid time. How many times are we going to review America, Pete? <laughs> oh well, oh yes, of course. Surely they do have to bring books two and three out don't they america book two and america book three from penguin oh right um, so we'll have to do that one <laughs> of course so yes there's plenty of life in the old dog yet <laughs> fantastic pete well i did say that we're going to try to keep it under an hour and astonishingly you have managed it well done <laughs> So it was difficult, but I managed. I think we'll probably be more of an hour when Pete Wells returns in a year's time with From Hell. Hey. <laughs> I'll start reading it now. Then. I was going to say, yes, it's a big ask. And thank you to everyone for listening to Mega City Book Club. As ever, find all the links at megacitybookclub.com. Follow us Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and the 2000 AD forums. Go to sensorystoriespodcast.com to get Hooray. more Pete in your ears. <laughs> and Pete, thank you so much once again. Uh, it you. was great fun. Uh, looking yes. forward to the pit now. <laughs> oh, yes. I might start listening tonight. <laughs> And until next time on Mega City Book Club, when we're passing judgment on another great book, it's goodbye from me and. It's goodbye from the other me! Wow.